This week, I got to take batting practice in a minor league baseball stadium. Did you bat into a triple play this time? That would have been impressive because there weren't any <laughs> fielders on the field. Uh, how was that, though? It was fun. How many dingers do you think I hit? 3.14. Zero. Okay. Well, Evan was closest because the answer was zero. So, yeah, <laughs> um, I reached the middle of the outfield once. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I have some work to do if I want to make the Bulldog baseball team this upcoming fall when I re-enroll at Tech and take over. <laughs> It's funny is I, I'm just, I'm, I joked in the chat, I said, Nathan got beamed by a ball in batting practice. <laughs> well, I'm kind of surprised I wasn't because you know the little screen they put up in front of the pitching coach during batting practice to make sure that you don't hit one right back at them. I, I hit that screen like five times in a row once. And wow. I, I was a it's little bit afraid that this guy was going to think that I was trying to hurt him and, and get me first. <laughs> We're just done with the kid in Hey Arnold did one of the early episodes where Arnold goes to the park to play catch, and the kid throws one ball to the kid, and the kid just takes the ball and runs away. (laughs) Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. Matt. And this week, we are joined by a special guest, Ben. Ben is a fan and... uh, Probably other things of Sam Houston State. Ben, introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, ben, I run Sports of SHSU on Twitter and Instagram, um, covering all things Sam Houston Athletics. I'm also on the board of our NIL collective um, at Sam Houston, um, Sam Houston alum. And then uh, what else do I do? I'm co-host of our Sam Houston podcast on the Dave Campbell's uh, Republic of Football Network. So do a bunch of different things Sam Houston related, graduated back in 2021, and so um, yeah, love the cats and excited to be here to talk about the cats. Great, because I'm going to dominate most of this. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time. Yeah, Matt Matt was a, shall we say, big fan of the addition of Sam Houston State. So do y'all like to be called Sam Houston, Sam Houston State, SHSU? Like, what's the preferred nomenclature? Yeah, so it, it's a little interesting. So the University of Sam Houston State University, but the university had kind of a rebrand on the athletic side in 2020, right before COVID. And so athletically, we go by Sam Houston. So you could call us SHSU if you want to abbreviate it. But if you're using the full name, uh, we prefer to go by Sam Houston and that's what we're using now and that's what the uh, the SIDs request so a little confusing because okay. the athletic name is a little separate from the university name but athletically that sound it's in Houston yep. yeah, yeah as long as you don't was, go by Texas I was, I was gonna say that Louisiana Tech fans are notorious for obeying what other schools SIDs want them to be called um, but we will follow your um, your desires and call you Sam Houston so today we learn perfect and people are real sticklers about it now and we have a lot of, we got a lot of practice with the except we could respect Sam Houston we have no respect for yeah. a program that will remain unmentioned just like most of their history unmentioned to most people <laughs> So Ben, how did you uh, how did you go to Sam Houston State University? Because we're talking about the school in this case, um, and, or you know, how did you start your fandom as a Sam Houston Bearcats? Fan? Yeah, so I transferred to Sam Houston as a sophomore, Sam Houston State as a sophomore, uh, pursuing a degree in business, um, and that's what I got. I got a degree in HR management, um, and yeah, me and all my buddies, roommates, uh, the way we just kind of connected is we went to all different kinds of sporting games and sporting events, and that was kind of the thing we did. I mean, we went to everything from soccer, volleyball, football, basketball, men's and women's, everything, and so that was kind of what we did. And nice. Sam Houston really had no media presence. For 
for the most part um, when I was there. And so my senior year was the year that we won the national title in football. And the, the whole meme was, oh, it's soft Houston. They're just going to get killed by North Dakota State or James Madison in the playoffs. And so I started my account kind of as like a student run kind of fan account just to get into some banter with people back and forth um, during that playoff run. And it really took off from there, um, kind of more on the news and media side and reporting side now, which has been a lot of fun and has been really cool. But that's kind of how it started. Um, there just really wasn't anybody doing anything for us. And we were in the middle of the greatest football season we've ever had. And so just kind of cornered that market that nobody was really in and, and ran from there. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Y'all have like, you almost have 4,500 followers on Twitter in just like two years, just over two years on Twitter. So that's pretty impressive because we've, <laughs> we've been on Twitter a lot longer and we have fewer uh, followers than that. So you're doing, you're yeah, doing something yeah, right. It's, it's a grind sometimes. It's, it's a one man show. A lot of people think it's a whole team, but yeah, cover all 17 sports, Instagram, Twitter, um, on the board of our NIL collective doing podcasts. I'm at practices for a lot of different teams, talking to coaches and players, getting interviews and stuff like that for our premium content page on catfans.com. So I stay busy and try to stay connected and it's just kind of grown from there. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't have nearly as much time on my hands for that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that you have no life. I mean, I get it. It's like your job, but my God, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, it, it is a lot. And I do work, I do work a regular nine to five business job. And so when I have time during the work day and then after work, um, yeah, I'm working all day pretty much between my actual job and this. And so I love it though. It, it's, it's definitely a passion and something I enjoy. So it doesn't really even feel like work to me. I want to, I want to hit you with a line from the uh, shitty film fever pitch starring Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. Okay. Um, okay. So the scene is Jimmy Fallon's depressed that his girlfriend, Drew Barrymore, I don't know the character's names has left him over a, a fight about uh, him giving up his season tickets or whatever to the, to the Red Sox. But he's so in love with the Red Sox. He's willing to side with his fandom over them, over his girlfriend. And he's sitting in the cage. He's a teacher. And one of the kids comes up and says, no, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> um, you love the Red Sox. Have the Red Sox ever loved you back? <laughs> Well, his team won a national championship yeah. while he was covering the team, so it's. I think it's safe to That's say that's just they a have paper championship. Back. It happened during COVID, but um, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, now we're choking a cord. Oh no, 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 no! Well deserved, <laughs> well deserved. A couple years ago, I followed that. Clo I watched that game. Matter of fact, I watched that game. It was super exciting. I can't even imagine as a fan what it would have been like. Jesus Christ, go down to the wire and you win the national championship in the closing seconds of a close game. Yeah, oh, so. Man. So just to walk you all through kind of what that month looked like, it was it was four rounds of the playoffs. So you start off with Monmouth and take a 21-point lead into the fourth quarter. And then um, they were five yards away from from going ahead in the final minute. And we pick it off and a pick off a pass in the end zone. So oh, that was wow. round one. Round two, North Dakota State uh, get off to like a 17-point lead. And then they score. They had a punt block for a safety and then two kick return touchdowns within a span of about two minutes. Um, they end up taking the lead or tying. Um, and then we go and score in the final two minutes of the game on like a 70 yard drive, uh, which was capped off by like a 60 yard, 60 yard third and 20 play. Um, <laughs> so that was just unbelievable. Um, so we beat North Dakota State, finally got over that. And then James Madison, we were down 28, uh, 28 to seven at halftime. And, um, 
we ended we ended up taking a lead into the fourth quarter and won that game. We scored twenty eight points in three minutes. Um, it was just yeah, between uh, eighty yard touchdown pass, eighty yard punt return, recovering an onside kick, getting an interception and scoring. It was just the wildest thing ever, and then scoring in the final twenty seconds to win the title. So the cardiac cats were born. That was kind of the same. Oh, the cardiac cats. cats. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was it was nuts, and you were on the edge of your seat for every game for a month. But it was it was fun, and it's something I'll always remember. And I would have had to go to a proctologist after all that. But yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't know that about the previous games, uh, the ones leading up to the national championship. I watched the national championship, and pretty thrilling. Yeah, that was too- important. Question though. Yeah. Is it cardiac with a K or a C? It's a K. Yeah, and that's kind of how it was. Okay. That's kind of how it was unique. And yeah, we won that national title game by two beat James Madison by three, beat North Dakota State by four, and beat Monmouth by six. And so um, it was a hell of a run. Yeah, it sounds like it. So i got to get this out of the way so I can tune out because Nathan and Evan will start the technical shit that really I don't care about. But the um, – right, That's <laughs> um, Of course, because it's true. <laughs> All right. So Evan alluded to this earlier. I, I was super excited when the rumor mill started saying that Sam Houston was going to join CUSA because I had watched the national championship game. I know that Texas schools are – Pretty damn good. I, I've been over this with uh, Sonoy, who runs a, a UNT podcast, and always talk about how Texas has so much talent and why can't UNT mm-hmm. get better, which I guess we'll never know because they probably never will get better. But um, so Sam Houston's kind of in that boat, too. So I was super excited. I was like, a Texas school, that's great. Uh, one that just came off winning a national championship, that's great. So I was super excited when the Rumor mill started, and then when it was confirmed, I was re- I, w- I was so stoked. And then uh, Sonoy, same guy from UNT, uh, just passive aggressively shitted on me on Twitter by by saying, "How can you?" He didn't say this explicitly, but he basically said, "I can be excited that Sam Houston's joining. Uh, you set the bar so low." <laughs> and uh, I don't know, man. But uh, you got, I mean, Jacksonville. No hate on Jacksonville State, Liberty. Or um, Kennesaw is coming in, or you know anyone else who may join or is joining. But Sam Houston, to me, a great addition, the best addition in my opinion. Yeah, so a couple things on that. I, I think from a facility standpoint, I think people might have a point there, and there's a lot of room for improvement. But despite that, all of our teams really across the board have had a ton of success. I mean, we've we've talked about football winning the national title. Basketball won, has won 20-plus games the last two years and won the WAC in the regular season, won an NIT game. Baseball has consistently been to regionals every year. Golf finished in the top 10 nationally just two years ago. Um, so there's really a lot of success. And Casey Keeler, what he always talks about is if he stands at the 50-yard line at Bauer Stadium um, on campus, you draw a three-hour radius around – or three hours outside of that – radius and you have the best talent in all of America when it comes to high school football and their first year going into this year um, they rank 95th in recruiting which out of like 133 teams isn't isn't bad and so first year as an FBS team they're already recruiting at a high level and it's we've had success across the board despite kind of a lack of facilities and lack of funding for the most part and I think we are going to see some more funding now and so there's no reason why we can't continue yeah. to well two two things to follow up one I was looking for thank you when I finished speaking didn't get that yes Yes, and, um, thank you. Thank you. So, and, I'm, I'm glad you like us, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> no, I think Sam Houston's great. I, I really am excited that you guys are joining. I don't know how long Tech will be in CUSA with how college football keeps getting these fat yeah. white male capitalists sure. with twirly monopoly mustaches deciding who goes where. But uh, <laughs> so 
Matt is on one tonight. Well, I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> or the cocaine with a K. Cocaine cats. I'm going to trademark that. So that was uh, my first thing. And then uh, the second thing is coming into FBS. I know that that's got to be exciting. Well, I'll, d- I'll just say that. I mean, it's got to be exciting, right? I mean, you guys, a couple of years ago, I don't know if this was even on anyone's minds down there. But it's got to be exciting yeah. jumping up to FBS. It, it is for sure. And like you said, it really wasn't on anyone's mind, especially because we were just in the Southland as of 2020 when we won the title. So it's kind of just been a, a big step up over three years. But yeah, I think the, the reaction was kind of mixed at first. People loved the FCS playoffs and were just used to it. But now that we've kind of been in the FBS mode for about a year now, I think people are really bought in and seeing our non-conference schedule and the teams that are coming here the next couple of years and the TV revenue. And I think people are really excited. And I think it's a, I think you had to take the opportunity now. Cause like you said, you just don't know with the college football landscape. Sure. I think you just had yeah. to jump at the opportunity. And then lastly, before Nathan starts his uh, soliloquies is, um, <laughs> well, I'm complimented. I think Oh, Nathan's very good at what he does. This really is a one man show. I do very little. Wow. Yeah. I'm just, just throwing Evan under um, the bus. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, yeah, but Evan but, does I mean, uh, his also, Sure. Sure. I do very little except the podcast and even that I half ass. I fell asleep on the podcast once, but um <laughs> I have a snore track now that I can use. A snore track? Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about the, the the sound effects board or, or whatever. And then lastly, and this might be something that the guys want to bring up later, but I'll just ask it now, is when you guys were confirmed to come in or you knew it was gonna happen, uh looking at the conference and kind of seeing who's in it. What do you think about who who's in it here with us? I mean, you got you guys are new. Jacksonville State's new. Tennessee comes in next year. Liberty's coming in, but you know, Tech's here. Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. I mean, what do you think of uh, how Kusa's looking? Yeah, I, I like it. I, it's obviously a wide ranging conference geographically and kind of where the schools have been at from a success standpoint. So I think fans were excited because it's a league we could probably compete in from the start. And then you've got some established teams like your Louisiana Techs and uh, Middle Tennessee's and Liberties. And then you're bringing in Jacksonville and Kennesaw, um, some familiar faces that we've faced off against. And so I think it's really exciting. I think fans um, are really looking for a rivalry, which I know. Louisiana Tech has been brought up a lot, and so I think that's one big thing people are looking for when they're looking at the conference landscape. Could it be UTEP, maybe? Could it be Louisiana Tech, Jacksonville State, Kennesaw? So I think people were excited. I'm excited about it. I think it's a league league you could compete in, but it's also got some established teams, and we're going to get to see a lot of places we've never seen before, that's for sure. Yeah, and you actually just touched on something that was going to be one of my questions. Um, You know, you mentioned rivalry and I think tech obviously mm-hmm. is, I think like three, four hours away uh, from Huntsville, Texas. So um, kind of the natural thought is that that might develop. We've only played three times in our histories, uh, which is kind of weird. Cause you know, I thought there'd be more crossover back in the uh, old D two days, but we played in 1926, um, November 19th. That was a six to six tie. In Barn Barn <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> great, great. Great game there. Uh, then we blinked you 46 nothing during World War II in 1942. Our boys were out fighting. Yeah, the worst possible thing to happen that year. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and then uh, September 11th, 1999, um, we beat you 55-17. to 17. So there's not a lot of history there. Um, but, you know, do you see a rivalry developing with any school in the conference? You know, I guess especially Tech since we're, we're a Tech 
forward podcast. Yeah. I think we're the closest school to Sam Houston. By a good amount, yeah, because UTEP is still like nine or ten hours west, and Jacksonville State's kind of the same thing going east. So, um, yeah, Louisiana Tech is by far the closest, and it's been a hot topic recently with football season coming up. Casey Keeler mentioned that they might be playing UTEP at a neutral site, which I don't know how that's going to happen. With <laughs> playing being Amarillo? Yeah, what? <laughs> or Austin. Or- playing San Angelo? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know how that looks, and I think that's going to be kind of forced. And then Jacksonville State, the teams have played in the FCS playoffs before. They were in uh, the WAC A-Sun football alliance for like a year or two, so there's a little history there. But they've got a rivalry with Kennesaw State already. So I think it's probably going to be Louisiana Tech, and I was wondering, who do you guys hate? Like, what is y'all's rivalry? Because we're losing ours with SFA. Oh, just Jesus Christ. Uh, Just about everybody, to be honest with you. (laughs) How much time you got? Well, I'll just <laughs> so, like active rivalries. Uh, yeah, I guess right now one of the most active uh, it, most hated in conference teams. is well, tough. In, yeah, in conference is tough the, for sure because most of the people that we were fiercely competitive, not even competitive, because we've gotten our asses kicked by UAB a lot <laughs> recently. <laughs> uh, ever since the we have football chant, but uh, so UAB was a hot rivalry. Uh, in football, even though I don't think you can call it that because we haven't beaten them in forever and now they're no longer in the conference. And then USM uh, in baseball, that was pretty hot recently. Yeah, Southern and, Miss, um, U, uh, ULL, um, but those aren't conference rivals. Uh, ULL's got yeah. a um, Sun Belt and ULM, those used to be big rivalries I back in the day. ULM. Really, I, I forgot they were there. <laughs> Uh, that's 30 it's been that's, a while oh, yeah. that's, the 30, uh, that's the 30 mile to hate it's the 30 miles of apathy <laughs> yeah that's definitely what i would call yeah. it but so uh, existing now not really much i mean to, uh, i can't think of any active rivalry that's going to uh carry over into the new look conference but it would be great to start one with sam houston yeah and it, it just makes sense because i know we're we're really hunting for one because we just lost our rival of almost 100 years in sfa and Geographically, oh, yeah. nothing else really makes sense. And they might join the Jonathan one day. Yeah, I, I think it's a little farther down the road than people think, but I think it could be a possibility in five to ten years. But yeah, we're we're hunting for somebody to hate, that's for sure, and it might be Louisiana Tech. Well, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's four hours separate the schools, and we don't have a giant statue of anything outside of our city limits. But we uh, not yeah, yet. Yeah. You know, there's not a there's not a giant Dairy Queen cone outside of Ruston yet. But. <laughs> Oh man, I just thought of a new fundraiser. Cool. Just, uh, I was gonna say, I don't know how long, and this is just wishful thinking. I don't know how long Tech's gonna be in the new look Kusa. We thought that we, right. we thought we were gonna go to the AAC. We had officials in the building, and ultimately they passed because Ruston's a three exit town, and uh, the Sun Belt I think came sniffing, but we don't really know. So I I think in the landscape, the uncertainty of conference realign, realignment, which don't even get Evan started. Uh, I don't know how long we'll be in Kusa, but even if it's just for another couple of years, I certainly have, hope to have some some good knockdown dragouts with uh, Sam Houston, no matter what sport it's in. I know you guys are really good at basketball. I don't know much about you guys' baseball, but uh, basketball I'm pretty stoked about, and football obviously too. Yeah, baseball was probably our most successful sport there you go. Um, from probably 2000 to 2017, 18, something like that. I mean, we made... I think we made a regional six out of 10 years Jesus. there for, for a minute. Oh, wow. We made a super regional. Um, we beat Texas Tech in the Lubbock Regional in 17 Damn. and then played for oh, That's got to feel good, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Degs left to go to UL and things kind of dipped for a couple of years, but we made it back this year and won the you went to go where? Uh, UL. Where? UL. Where? 
that, that, that other school in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay, you're missing an L, yeah, I let's think. Let's clear up but... something right now. I mean, like I said, <laughs> I, they're not UL. UL is the University of Louisville. They can, comp- they can try to convince everyone they want yeah. that they are the University of Louisiana. <laughs> they are not. They are the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. Yeah. And their response is, well, then I guess it's the University of Texas at Austin. No, it isn't, you gum-bumping, prick-socket motherfuckers. It's the University <laughs> of Louisiana at Lafayette, and anyway, that is how it is written in the bylaws. They can try all yeah. they want. There's only one state flagship. law requires them. Yeah. Anyway, don't get. So we got started on our own. You didn't really do anything <laughs> wrong here, uh, <laughs> but well. but uh, you know we'll we'll call you Sam Houston as long as you know when you're around us. You got to call. You got to refer to the Lafayettes as uh, as the Lafayettes. We'll call the Lafayettes. You know? Yeah, that'll piss them off even more. Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, you know, we also mentioned SFA and, you know, that's kind of been your main rival for really like the entirety of like your football existence probably. Right. So, um, I have sort of a two part question here. Um, so how, how do you feel, you know, about breaking that rivalry, moving to FBS and then two, I've got some good news because we've basically stolen almost their entire defense, including their defensive coordinator over the past two years. So it might feel like you're still playing SFA at times when you play well, us. Well, I, I hope it is because we beat them 11 years in a row, so I hope it's a, a similar Ooh. outcome, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> that was a good SFA team a couple of years ago before the staff left, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it hurt at first just because, I mean, there is such a deep hatred and you hated the team and you beat them every year and it was a lot of fun and especially playing at uh, NRG Stadium the last 11 years it's 85 percent orange and that place gets rocking and um i'll miss that kind of hatred is in intensity but i think it's also exciting to move on to something new i mean we have beat them 10 10 year 10 or 11 years in a row um as it ended and so yeah it's kind of sad and the teams have also kind of made it an initiative to to play each other in all other sports starting next year um a couple teams are playing this year um i know like uh I think who is it? Volleyball's playing this year. I think soccer might be too. So it, it'll it'll still go on in other sports, which will be fun. But I think it's exciting to move on to something else and kind of mourned it. But I'm ready to move on. Yeah, that's that's fair. And you know, we had the same thing happen when we went FBS back in 1988. I mean, still one of our probably the team we've played the most. I think would be Northwestern State, right? Mm-hmm. So. We've, we've played them like 80 times, I think, and it was pretty much every year from 1907 until 1988. Well, we're playing NSU this this year, aren't we? Or next yeah, we year. play them like once every five or so years. Which is nice. Um, it's a good thing to keep. I mean, that is a that is a historic ride. But we lost like the State Fair game yeah. atmosphere and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it, you lose some stuff when you make right. these jumps, but... Um, but ultimately, it's it's worth it. It is. It is. That game against SFA was called the Battle of the Piney Woods. Or I guess it still would be if you, you played it again. So yeah. we need to come up with some other name for yeah. the Tech Sam Houston game. Well, yeah, cats. I think yeah. I heard cats versus dogs. I've heard a couple different things. Okay. If cartoons have taught me anything, and they've taught me most of what I know in my <laughs> adult life, it's that dogs usually beat cats. <laughs> but but you haven't seen the cocaine cats with the K though. That that's <laughs> true. Oh, I've true. never tried giving the dog any drugs. Wait, are there t- are there two K's in cocaine cats? Like don't add a third. C- that's three K's, K- Evan. That's yeah. not a good. That's not a good idea. C- <laughs> that's that's right. That's three true. Yeah. That's not. That is. <laughs> Oh God! So yeah, we'll, we'll figure out a name if if there is something that comes about. But the first yeah, time I'm it's excited, raining during it one of our something. games, and the announcer says it's raining cats and dogs. Everybody yes. remember this moment. That Make I, up the that I said that <laughs> remember that the moment that might happen yeah. in the future. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, okay. it will. It will. Yeah. 
I'll tell I'll tell Chris Mikoski to do yeah, it. Sure. So when you know when you're moving up to FBS, obviously there's expected to be some transition, maybe a step back. You you referenced earlier that you know y'all are hoping to compete right away, but the media picked y'all to finish last this year in Conference USA, and so I'm wondering your thoughts about that, and like what are your expectations for the team here in right, year one? Yeah, so I think a lot of that expectation stems from our season last year which i don't did y'all have a chance to see how we played last year and kind of how it went down not too terribly familiar with last year so last year we went five and four had a nine game schedule but we redshirted almost every single starter on both sides of the ball yes okay um and so a lot of people don't even realize that we did that saw we had a bad year last year our offensive coordinator got fired mid-year and was a crap show um and so it was really, and we lost two games like three weeks before the season started. So we only had a nine game season. We're redshirted almost all of our guys. Um, our starting quarterback broke his foot three games into the season. Um, and so it was really just a crapshoot the, the entire time. And uh, I think the media is vastly underrating kind of what we have because we're still returning a bulk of that national championship roster. I think we've still got 10 to 12 starters that were on that national championship team that are just older. And when you look at these preseason teams, none of these guys' names are on there because they didn't play last year. Um, and so I think this team really has a shot to turn heads. I don't expect us to win the conference, but fourth, fifth, sixth, I think is very reasonable. We return a ton of talent, recruited extremely well um, in the portal, had a top 95 freshman class. And so I think we're going to turn some heads. Our non-conference schedule sucks and it's really hard, but I think we can definitely win some games in conference. And like I said, I don't think we'll win it, but we should compete from the start. Starting on the road at BYU, then Air Force, then at Houston. That's that's pretty rough. That's a rough way to get going. Yeah, it's tough. Although Lavelle Edwards Stadium is beautiful. Shout out Mormons. Yeah, it is nice. There's some uh, fun trivia that's useless. Sam Houston actually has two national championships. They got one. Yep, in 1964. Did, yeah, NAIA against the Concordia Cobbers upon a quick Google search of that uh, mascot. It's, it's a very angry looking ear of corn. Yeah, and the funny thing about that <laughs> is we tied that have home field. Oh, okay, that's good. Good for them. Yeah, and we didn't even win it. We tied. And so both teams got to be national champions that year. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was six to six or seven to seven. Yeah, how did I can tell you this right now that if wow. I'm an athlete, wow, I'm in a national championship game. I don't care if it's fucking the lowest form of collegiate athletics. There's no way I'm accepting as an athlete a tie in a national championship game. I had to look up the logo too. Logo is fantastic. I, I don't think he, I don't think he looks angry. I think he has to poop. <laughs> I don't look like that one. I got to take a shit. Trust me. <laughs> oh man. Um. Oh wow, the actual mascot <laughs> costume is kind of terrifying. Not as bad as Big Red from uh, no, yeah. from no. Western Kentucky, but um, his name is Colonel Cobb. Of course, it is. So y'all were NAIA at some point then. So what's kind of like the history of of Sam Houston football? Yeah, I guess. so NAIA. Like, you've existed for a long time, but what what yeah, level so have NAIA you been at? until I believe it was '84. And then they moved to D2, which I think was the Gold Star Conference. And then they were only in D2 for, I believe it was four years. In 88, they moved up um, to the FCS level. And so they were FCS from 88 all the way to, uh, honestly, th- yeah, this year, last year when the transition happened. So we've been in the FCS for a long time and wow. made the playoffs a lot over the last 15 to 20 years. I think that's kind of why people mourned kind of move into the FBS because they missed the playoffs and what they were used to for 30, 40 years. But 
um, yeah, I'm excited for the move, and um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of really good runs, 2011, 2012, making the title game, losing to Easton Stick, I think it was, and Carson Wentz at North Dakota State, and then finally winning it in 20. And so mm. I think once we won it, I think we're ready to move on, and, and we're ready for the new challenge. Find another world to conquer. Right, yep. <laughs> so tell us about Huntsville. I've never – I've passed through it. Uh, I yep. guess on the way to Galveston once um, from from Marlington. So, you know, what's kind of the game day atmosphere like there? Is there anything that like tech fans next year when we when we come down for the game, right? Like what what do we need to be doing? Yeah, so Huntsville's a town of just about 50,000. Um, when you add the students in, it gets to about 70,000, kind of like a medium to small size town, kind of good old Southern living um, kind of place, a lot of kind of farmland near there. Um, just very kind of, it's East Texas Piney Woods. That's, that's just the way to put it. A lot of woods, a lot of farmland, a lot of good Southern living people. And um, the food's really good in town, but uh, there's not a ton to do in Huntsville. Um, it's kind of a town you got to make up what you want to do unless you're going to kind of the state park or to the golf course for the most part. But um, 30, 45 minutes south, you have the woodlands. Um, and the Woodlands has 150,000 people on a huge downtown and a river walk and uh, lakes and malls and all that. So if you do go to the game in Huntsville, I recommend probably staying in the Woodlands and, and then taking the 30, 40 minute drive up to Huntsville. And then you're also an hour from Houston. So there's not a lot to do in Huntsville. You got to kind of make up something to do. Um, the people are great, uh, but there's a lot to do if you, if you just want to go about an hour south down to Houston or the Woodlands. So um, it's an interesting town. It was a lot of fun as a college student. You just, you get together with your friends and kind of make up something to do in town. And, um, but yeah, I loved it. And that's kind of what Huntsville is. Yeah. When I Googled things to do in Huntsville, Texas, the top result was the Texas Prison Museum. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll talk about that. So we've got seven prisons in town. It's the prison capital of, like, the U.S. Uh, the, where the uh, Texas Texas death row is actually two blocks from campus. What? Um, uh, what? Yep, so, and we want to, we kind of want to, we've always wanted to play into kind of the prison or death row kind of mantra, but it's never really gone over well. And that's um, But, yeah, literally, you, yeah, you could pretty much see the prison from Bowers, um, if you look hard enough, it's just a couple blocks away, and that, that's a part of it. The Prison Museum is cool. You can go see Old Sparky, which was used up until 30, 40 years ago. Uh, so, yeah, the, the prison the prison's a big part of it, and a lot of students work at the prisons as, like, correctional officers and stuff. And the criminal – yeah, the, uh, the criminal justice school is number two in the country. Um, we are one of four universities, I think, in the, in the country, along with Texas State, that has a body farm. Um, so that's just outside of campus, too, so – yeah, the, the prison and criminal justice part is a Man. real big part of the city. And um, try not to bring it up a lot because it scares a lot of people away and some people don't like it. But it is a big oh, part of the I, town, that's for sure. And you can you can hear the prison, not the, yeah, the prison bell, or not bell, but a uh, horn. And it goes off a couple times a day. You can hear it while you're walking around <laughs> campus. Well, uh, oh, the, oh, the that's wild metaphor. Uh, what do you need seven prisons for in a town of 50,000? Well, it's just where they bring it. And they're not all directly located in Huntsville. I think only okay. two, two or three of them are actually like in the city. And then the others are 10, 15 minutes either way around the city. But yeah, there's one of them two blocks from campus. And then there's one right off the freeway, one exit before you get off the exit to go to the university if you're heading south. So <laughs> they're prevalent. You'll see them everywhere. 
All right, so it's not just because of a bunch of wild college parties that are constantly happening where the cops have to get involved. You, know, you keep bringing up East Texas, East Texas, which obviously it's in East Texas. But And uh, you keep saying Piney Woods. Maybe I'm just incredibly stupid. Historically speaking, that's been the case. But, uh, but pine trees just everywhere? Yeah, it's trees everywhere. So if you make the drive, so the Battle of the Piney Woods, that's where SFA in the and Sam Houston's rivalry comes from. If you make that about two hour drive, it's just trees everywhere. You can see the entire thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of trees. Um, and that's kind of where it comes from is, and that's how people refer to it. The, the East Texas piney woods. Um, I know the school kind of plays into that and SFA does as well. And that's kind of where it comes from. Just trees everywhere. Pine trees. <laughs> I'll have, you know, that in the La Tech alma mater, we need, we drop a line by pleasant walks, thy noble trees. Mm. We have noble trees on our campus. Okay. There's also a shitload of pine trees in Ruston. So, I mean, but not on campus necessarily. It's the tree rivalry. Um, so I guess, you know, say I, I drive down from Arlington and I want to grab a beer before the game. Is there anywhere good to do that? Yeah, yeah. If you're in town, I think the top places, if you if you want kind of the sports bar beers, uh, Big E's, which is kind of a crawfish um cajun kind of sports bar that's probably two blocks from campus that's a big one it's not big easy or is it big ease just big ease it's spelled big easy um if you look it up it's literally big and then easy apostrophe s but it's just called big ease um that's kind of a really hot spot for college students a lot of people hang out there um our nods is another big one that's a cajun food place it's kind of a food truck park and then the other really big one that, that people go to a lot is um, Humphreys. That's the really big sports bar, like one block from campus, kind of the most popular ones. And then if you're looking to go clubbing, we've got uh, we've got Shenanigans, which is kind of a country bar. And then we've got the Jolly Fox, which is just kind of a nightclub. So those are probably the, the spots you'd want to frequent if you're looking for a beer and to, to have a good time. Nice. Let's move closer to game time. Is there a, a tailgating atmosphere around the stadium on game days for football or is it mostly people just kind of come closer to game time yeah so sam houston's weird and so the tailgating atmosphere is really good um student students really show out (laughs) alumni show out the bands there cheer team is there um and people are there really all day and so the tailgating is great it's just can we get people to actually go to games because we almost have like twice as many at the tailgate than we do at the game so tailgates are good well i see that you may have said this earlier, but uh, nickname for the stadium is Death Row. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what it used to be. We we tried to we tried to play into that during our most recent playoff run. The players really tried to push it, and um, yeah, it didn't really spark anything. I know. Um, Was the, that a joke? Because old Sparky. Yeah, yeah, death row and um, but yeah, it was called like the cat cage. I think is what they've they've played into most recently, and in the past couple of years, there really hasn't been a lot as far as a nickname. And so yeah, we'll we'll see what they do here here going forward. Well, it's a pretty. I'm looking at photos of it right now. It's uh, help me out here. I don't know if they decided not to go through with this caveat for joining FBS, but wasn't there like a certain capacity that a stadium needed to be in order to join? Yeah, so it wasn't necessarily the stadium. It was like an attendance requirement of 15,000. So Bowers right now is at about 13,000. But we play a game at NRG Stadium every single year that draws 30,000. Um, and so you have that 30,000 on top of the 8 to 10 for all the games. And 
you'll get to that 15. And then if you look at my Twitter page and Instagram, you'll see the renderings of what the new Bauer Stadium is going to look like. And so um, we've got $40 million in, in bonds coming in um, next year, and they're going to completely tear down pretty much the entire stadium and rebuild it. And so we're going to have to go play somewhere else for a year or two um, just yeah. to do those renovations. But it, it's going well, to be interesting. What's that new capacity supposed to be? Yeah, so right now it's at 13. It's looking like it'll probably be right at 15 or 16. So they're adding a bunch of fan pavilions, which are going to add five or 600. They're going to add 10 to 12 luxury suites, which are going to add another couple hundred. And then they're going to add a club section seating, which will add another one or 2,000. So I imagine it'll bump from about 13 to 15 or 16, something like that. And then you have the NRG game. The thing I'm I'm sad about with that is that Right now, the stadium, if you look at it, especially on something like Google Maps, you see the track going around the field and the renderings that were tweeted out, the track remains. Um, What's your opinion on being one of the few FBS programs to have a football field that has a track between the grandstand and the football field? Yeah, it sucks. It sucks a lot. And I know every time I put anything out about stadiums, that's the first thing people talk about. But we don't have a track facility. We don't have an indoor football facility. Um, and so it's there to stay for the long term. And I recently heard they're going to be upgrading the track because um, they don't project them to have the funds for probably another five to 10 years. And so it's there to stay for probably five to 10 years as much as we hate it. And it sucks, but um, we just don't have the money. I mean, if we didn't have to do $60 million of renovations to a football stadium, we could probably put it out there or move it. But um, you just got to keep it for the time being and upgrade the stadium. Yep. Got to do what you got to do, right? I mean, yeah. There's time too. So, um, so we haven't, we haven't even really talked about the team. We talked a little bit about your expectations, but like, who are some of the key names that you think will be, um, you know, important to your success or failure this year as a, as a football team? Yeah. So I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll start the quarterback spot. So we've got a battle between two guys, Keegan Shoemaker. He's kind of been in and out as the starter the past year and a half. Um, played okay last year. Um, really high ceiling or really low ceiling, high floor kind of guy. And then uh, Grant Gannell transferred in about two or three months ago. And he started at Arizona as a freshman. And yeah, I was going to say that name sounds familiar. Yeah, so he, he set every high school football record in Texas when it comes to passing. He's six foot seven. Um, yeah, big guy. Um, wow. he was originally, yeah, originally committed to A&M out of high school, followed someone to Arizona. He's a 23-year-old uh, sophomore when it comes to uh, playing time because he's had medical red shirts, COVID red shirts, one other red shirt, and he's on his second Masters now. So they're in a quarterback battle. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, I think some of the other names to really watch out for, Ife Day, he's the guy that caught the national championship winning pass. Noah Smith, um, he's been another one of our leading receivers for four years now. Um, and then on the defensive side, we pretty much have almost our entire front seven from that national championship team still intact, and they were the number one defense in the FCS. And uh, we've added three or four FBS transfers to it. So Markel Perry, he's a guy to really watch out for. Um, just an absolute game wrecker. The last, he redshirted last year, but the two years before that, put up like 20 tackles for loss each year and a ton of sacks. And so he's back. KV and Gaither, he's a redshirt sophomore linebacker. He was WAC defensive player of the year last year. Um, so looking out for him. And then I think on the back end, 
Um, I think Jabari Johnson is a big one. He just transferred in from ULM and has 250 career tackles. And um, Jordan, Jordan wow. Morris is another one. He was a two-year starter at Coastal Carolina. This will be his second year starting for us at corners. So uh, those are some of the names to watch out for. And, yeah, I'm excited about the team. Like I said, I don't think we win conference, but I think we kind of slide in somewhere in the middle. Nice. Yeah, I had no idea that talk about whack defensive player of the year was that from last year or so that was from before? last year and the crazy thing is kb and gaither won wow. whack defensive player of the year last year and he's not even a starter for us this year that's how talented and deep we are um on the front seven we run we run a four two five kind of three three five hybrid look and so you return markel perry sincere jackson trevor williams who's going to set the all trevor williams will set the all-time mark for tackles in a career at sam houston and so the front seven is nasty, so it'll be fun to watch. Wow, that's cool. And of course, this game doesn't take place between the Bearcats and Louisiana Tech until November 11th this year. The so armistice. Very late in the season, yeah. So we'll agree not to play. Do you think that Sam Houston will find their footing as the season goes along, or do you think that once you get those first three out of conference games out of the way that they'll hit the ground running. I know you're, you're predicting somewhere in the middle of the pack kind of thing, but do you see this as a team that starts the season strong or possibly takes a bit to get going? And we wish we would have had on our schedule earlier in the year. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it kind of sucks that we do have such a hard non-conference schedule because our depth is really where I think our, our weakness is. And so once we get to that Louisiana Tech game, the last couple of weeks of the season, um, our two deep and three deep as a first year FC or FBS team isn't very good. So I, I want to say we're going to get better as the year goes on, but there's going to be injuries. I know our depth isn't great. I think our starting 11 on both sides is really good, but I don't know if it's going to hold up. Um, all the way. So it'll be interesting. If we can stay healthy, I think we will get better as, as the year goes on. But I think we have to be realistic and know that guys are going to get banged up and the talent behind them isn't really deep. So blessing right in the sky is maybe for us that we have you so late right. in the year on the schedule. Yeah. And our bye week is week three. So we play two games off and then mm. play 10 straight games. And so that's just not very uh, ideal for your first year as an FBS team. And that game for us will also be our homecoming. Okay. So it'll probably be packed. Yeah. Eh, we'll see uh, well. <laughs> how many games have we won uh by that point um but it'll also be the first saturday home game in over a month so hopefully people yeah. will show up for it so um i think i have i have two more questions so obviously games november 11th but let's just what do you think who's gonna win yeah man i, I wish i knew enough about louisiana tech to know honestly i would probably give it to louisiana tech at this point just because it's such an unknown with us and yeah i have no idea what the quarterback look position looks like and i know a depth is probably going to be a little thin then so i would imagine probably louisiana tech but i think it's going to be a really close game and i think it could go either way um yeah if i had to say right now there's just too many unknowns with what we're going to look like and i'd probably give the edge to louisiana tech at that point in the season that I hope so. Yeah. Fair Until enough. Sam Houston inexplicably starts off three and zero on the season. Man. <laughs> and then That'd loses the rest of the nine games. Uh, oh, wow. Jesus. <laughs> well, we know what that's like. And Not my, in that order. I had losing nine games. Oh God. I have one more uh, question. Yeah. What is a bear cat? With a cat. Yeah. It's, it's not a real animal. Um, I think people know that it's not a real thing. It's literally just a mixture <laughs> between a bear and a cat. It's, it kind of looks like a, uh, 
like a fox almost, I guess you could call it. Like there's a there's a bunch of statues of what a bearcat is around campus, and it's kind of long bodied, really skinny, bigger than a cat, but not as big as like a bear, somewhere in between. So I would just call it like something like a big looking fox and kind of a mythical creature. I think is what they describe it as, and uh, it's a what makes it bear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there is an article published in 2004 on the shsu.edu site. Uh, titled truth be told a bear cat is not a kinkajou or a binturong yeah so a lot of people um, think it is a binturong we do get that a lot is that a thing what is i've never heard of that it's a, that's a real animal huh. it is yeah so a binturong b-i-n-t-u-r-o-n-g that's pretty much exactly what a bear cat looks like but it's not um, a bear cat right yeah it, it it's a really weird creature there's honestly really no way to describe it because it just is so unique and um there are some people, I don't know if uh, this is kind of going on a tangent, but some people have always wanted the mascot to be changed to the Ravens, and there are Raven statues everywhere on campus, and there was actually a real push for it at some point, I believe, because Sam Houston, the guy, the actual person, his Raven name, or his Cherokee name was Raven, that's what they called him, um, and so a lot of people have always wanted us to be called the Ravens, but um, we're the Bearcats, and I don't think that'll change. I just know there's some people that, that want to go with being the Ravens. How do we get 57 and a half minutes into this recording and not talk about the historical figure, Sam Houston? <laughs> yeah. With two history yeah, majors Matt, on Matt the show. Matt and I are, are history majors, and I also um, work at an archives in Texas that has original Sam Houston shit in it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just <laughs> – yes, actual <laughs> – damn it damn it Um, yep if y'all like if y'all like history the the same houston museum is pretty cool and you can go see his house and it was actually moved on on like rollers by prisoners to where it is today so kind of come in full circle with what huntsville is yeah sam houston was an interesting guy um and this this has been an interesting uh conversation so there we go absolutely (laughs) yep (laughs) and we'll have to do it again uh, in a couple months before the game we'll have to see how it goes yeah we may have a better idea of how our respective teams are doing in that moment yeah i'm excited Uh, just a, a lot of unknowns i think we've got a high ceiling but the floor could also be really low yeah so as the season gets started and as you know conference play starts ramps up and we approach that game uh, tech fans may want to see how Sam Houston's doing. And to do so, I would encourage them to follow you on Twitter and Instagram. Like you said, where exactly can they find you there? Yeah. So on Twitter and Instagram sports of SHSU, all one word on Twitter. And then there is a underscore between of and SHSU on Instagram. Um, but yeah, sports of SHSU cover all 17 sports, but obviously a lot of that is dedicated to, to football with that coming up here pretty soon. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, and, and, Introducing us to, if nothing else, the prisoner system of Huntsville, Texas. Yeah, hopefully I'll just stay out of it when y'all come down here. That's all I ask. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining, Ben. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Appreciate y'all. All right, that was a lot of fun. Let's go to our end of show. Let's go to the Tweet of the Week. Evan, what's this week's Tweet of the Week? Uh, yeah, don't know if, if y'all heard, but uh, there's been a bunch more bullshit happening with conference realignment. And I'm not going to go down that road right now, but at Trilly Donovan um truly donovan on twitter tweeted okay hear me out one big conference everyone's in it call it conference usa um yeah i'm down let's do it yeah i don't see why not i can see no possible reason why that's not a good idea (laughs) there's there's actually some really funny stuff in the replies too like teams should have to spin a comically large wheel to determine (laughs) matchups 
How many conference games yeah. per school? 180? <laughs> minimum. Yeah, minimum. Yeah, of course. Yeah, just, just a wild week in college athletics, and it's only getting crazier. Wild in the stupidest possible way. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or follow us on threads or Instagram at gtpdd.dog or go to gtpdd.dog where you can check out our blog and also check out the shop. It's still August and so we're still going to be pushing this month's shirt of the month. And I love it it's, so much. It's been a week and I still love this shirt I so much. I can't decide if I love it or if I hate it. And that just makes it the best. It's yeah. both. It is a football with a bulldog face on it, and it says Bulldog Football. But the bulldog face is coming out of it like like Alien versus yeah. Predator style. Like it's, it's amazing. It's very disturbing. It's a design it's taken disturbing. from a 1923 yearbook, <laughs> and you should buy that shirt in the current year of 2023. GTP slash shop to get your shirt and check out the other ones we still have there as well. Um, also, just to tease this a little bit, starting next week, we'll be doing our season preview episode, and then the following week, we'll be previewing FIU because that will be the FIU game week. We are, what, two and a half weeks away from football. Um, we are refreshing the podcast logo. It's going to look different. Don't be alarmed. I think it looks better. You may think it looks worse. Either way, it will be different. So be on the lookout for that next week. I'm really excited to share that with everybody. Be alarmed. Be alarmed. It's not a football with a bulldog face on it. So I think we put that out there first. That way this new logo doesn't scare people so much. Yeah. But yeah, until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Oh man, have we ever have we ever had a Hey Arnold reference on this show? I don't before? think that so. Might be a first one. I love Hey Arnold. I don't know if you guys. I didn't know you guys were down with Hey Arnold. If yeah, old. Hey Arnold was great, man. That was probably my favorite show as a kid. I would uh, gladly bring up our favorite Hey Arnold moment, which is uh, he's dreaming about being in a play. He, he's singing about uh, his pants are from the south of France. <laughs> Hey, hold on, how do we go? If I can do it, my name's Don Arnold. Please have a caramel. Your hair is lovely. Do you like my pants? <laughs> Something satin, the capes pure Latin. I had it tailored in the south of France. The south of France is something pants. <laughs> uh.